Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Sharp Way. I'm Olivia Rondo, and I'm so glad you are back again for another video. Now, today's video is something a little bit different. I didn't go to an event to grab interviews for you guys this time. That'll be coming up in future videos for next time. However, today's video is about something that I am very passionate about and something that I really want to affect change in, and that is the war on drugs. Mm -hmm. But next, I want to completely legalize uh, hemp and, and cannabis. And I'm Now gonna... you're talking. So someone says, well, Larry, you know, my, my daughter or my son died of drugs. No, the drugs didn't kill your daughter or son. The war on drugs did. We want to stop the idea that we can just find a problem and sick the government on it. And now it becomes a war on this, a war on that, a war on this. We haven't won any of those wars, and that's a problem. Now, the topic of the war on drugs is no stranger at all to this channel. Larry Sharp himself has spoken about it at length before. I just wanted to compile a few clips of Larry's greatest points about this topic of discussion, as well as bring up some new information and newer statistics to really drive the point home that the war on drugs is counterproductive. So something that you may hear Larry or other libertarians often say is that people are not being killed by drugs. They're being killed by the war on drugs. And that statement gets misconstrued and misunderstood all the time. And I get it, it's kind of a vague statement, but I really wanted to break it down to really start this video off. Now I know what you're saying. You're saying, Larry, I know how bad drugs can be. I see the damage that they can do. I see how they can destroy families, how they can destroy people. And that's true. So it seems crazy. Why in the world? Why in the world would I want to legalize them? If they're that damaging, why would I do that? We have to ask yourself this question. For the addict, for the addict, for the user, is the right answer prison? For someone who is an addict, who's already probably lost their family, probably lost their looks, probably lost their health, probably lost their career, is now the next step prison? Is that the answer? Let's put him in jail. That'll teach him. Loss of, of health, family, looks, career, that's not enough? I gotta put you in jail? How cruel are we? How cruel are we? But I'll go one step further. There are problems that the war on drugs creates. The war on drugs creates more problems. It creates more death. Things you may not realize. How about illegal guns? We talk about illegal handguns all the time, illegal guns. How are we gonna get these illegal guns out of people's hands? Well, let me ask you something. Do anybody, anybody here own a gun? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something. We all own guns, all of us, every single one of us, but right now, the cops have them. We pay taxes and the cops hold our guns. That's what they do. Because when we have a problem, what do you do? You call a guy or a gal with a gun, a cop. So you call your guns when you need them. You just call for them. 911, somebody with a gun comes. Awesome. What happens when you're in a black market? What happens if you call the cops, they arrest you and put you in jail because you're a user? What happens if they call and put you in jail because you're a dealer? Can you call the cops anymore? You just lost the guns. What are you gonna do? Buy some, illegally. Legal guns come from the black market. If they could use our guns, they wouldn't go buy guns, would they? So the war on drugs by default 
increases illegal guns. So Larry makes a great point here. So in short, because they're doing something that's criminal, because they're addicted to doing something that's criminal, they don't have guns, they don't have protection, they don't have law enforcement to protect them, they don't have the court system to protect them, because they're going to go to jail. Let's say that an addict is being robbed or abused or assaulted. They can't even call law enforcement for help for fear that they themselves will be arrested and thrown into a jail with similar people to the people that are doing wrong to them. So this creates the need for the expansion of the black market even more so. So not only are they participating in the drug black market, but they are now participating in the weapons black market. And this comes with a whole slew of other potential charges. Think about this. Think about all the people who ran a business in the 80s and 90s with the cops around them, violence, all those things, and still made millions. We thought as a society, put them in jail. That was what we thought of society, because they're evil, because we deemed a substance bad. We put someone in jail because a substance is bad, not because they've done something bad. But Larry, there's violence. You're right, there is. Well, of course there's violence. If you're a drug dealer, you don't have courts or cops. So you don't have any violence. You make it legal, you have violence, right? Why does, why does, the, uh, why does McDonald's not go to war with Burger King? Because if there's a problem, they call the cops or they use courts or law. That's violence. It's just outsourced violence. But it's still violence, right? Guys with guns come when you have a problem. But they have uniforms and badges and we paid them and that's how it works. But when you don't have that, you have to hire your own people who have guns to, to enforce your contracts and to enforce your intellectual property and those types of things. You have to do that. So make it legal and the violence goes away. But they're just businesses. So they are. So what often happens, unfortunately, is that these people who suffer from drug addiction end up becoming victims of the war on drugs because they can't even get mental or medical help. People are caught up in gang violence, drug traffickers, because they are just caught on the other side of the law so they can't get help. They can't go to the police if they're being harassed or targeted by somebody. It's a sad story that has played out way too many times. People are doing drugs together, somebody is in a medical emergency, possibly overdosing, and law enforcement, 911, emergency services are not called because people are scared that they will be thrown in jail. You said earlier, and I'm going to restate it because I think it's important that people understand this, the war on drugs is a war on black and brown entrepreneurs. 100%. Absolutely. So another statement that Larry has made that has been a little bit controversial is that the war on drugs is actually a war against brown and black people. Now, something that people don't want to admit is that not everybody today in America is equal. People are not treated equally under the law, especially in the criminal justice system, how it relates to the war on drugs and the war on the Second Amendment. According to the American Progress Organization, black Americans are four times more likely to be arrested for marijuana charges than their white peers despite the fact that black and white Americans use marijuana at the same rate. In fact, black Americans make up 30% of drug arrests despite only making up 12.5% of drug users, which is proportionate to our demographic size in America. So they are being arrested at over twice the rate of which they actually use drugs. When it comes to actually serving time, black Americans are six times more likely to be incarcerated than their white counterparts, despite equally using drugs. To really drive the point home, again from American Progress, in the federal system, the average black defendant convicted of a drug offense will serve nearly the same amount of time, 58.7 months, as a white defendant would for violent crime, 61.7 months. So a violent crime, something that does harm to somebody else, something that violates somebody else's rights, something that may kill or injure the other person is the same amount of time as a black person doing drugs. 
But that's the justice system in America that people don't want to talk about. Absolutely. And, and now white entrepreneurs also. Not, it's not – if you're a person of color like me, some people who from my community, black community, are a bit upset because now opioids are an epidemic. They were destroying my family and friends in the 80s. No one gave a shit. The answer was, you know, just say no. That was the answer in the 80s. When it's brown and black people going to jail for life, when it's brown and black people being destroyed and their families being crushed, then it's just say no. Oh, now it's white people? Oh, it's an epidemic now, right? It's been an epidemic for 40 years, right? It's been crushed for 40 years. But now it's crushing everybody. So now it's a bigger deal. I get it. Look, I'm happy it's a big deal now, right? I say that just so people understand where I'm coming from. But it's, it's been a big deal for 40 years. Now let's talk about the economic impact of the war on drugs. Since 1971, it is estimated that the United States government spent $1 trillion to fight this war. $1 trillion. It is also estimated that about $9.2 million are spent per day to keep drug offenders incarcerated. That's over $3.3 billion annually. $3.3 billion every year to lock up addicts and people who need help. Again, according to AmericanProgress.org, in contrast, marijuana legalization would save roughly $7.7 billion per year in averted enforcement costs and would yield an additional $6 billion in tax revenue. The net total is $13.7 billion. The best thing is if you treat small farmers like small businesses, they can now specialize, meaning they can specialize in hemp and then also create products in their farm. They mm -hmm. want specialized hemp products. Right. They can do that and create niche industries. Right. Right. And we see that in New York State with both coffee and um, and breweries. We see it already happening in New York State. And you would have the same sort of uh, incentives for them to sell in New York. Absolutely. Yes. Right. So Particularly can... hemp, which would be incredibly beneficial with zero controversy. That's correct. In yes. terms of like psychoactive effects, it doesn't have a... people. People would be very happy to do that, right? right? But cannabis too because I want you to be able to create cannabis products. What the war on drugs fails to address is the opioid epidemic. In 2016, 11.8 million Americans misused prescription drugs and or heroin. Around 4% of adolescents, which is ages 12 to 17, reported misuse of opioids, and about 7% of young adults, which is ages 18 to 25, reported misuse of opioids. Every 16 minutes in America, a person dies from opioid overdose. But prescription drugs are completely legal. Now, here is a harrowing fact. Doctors wrote 259 million opioid prescriptions in 2012, which is enough for every American adult to have their own prescription with 19 million to spare. Why are doctors prescribing this many if people are dying off of them every 16 minutes? So while the U.S. government is super, super worried about categorizing marijuana as a Schedule One drug, along with quaaludes and ecstasy, People are dying off of legal medical prescriptions and it's not being addressed. One possibility that should not be ignored is would people be on these opioids if they could have access to things such as medical marijuana in all 50 states to curb their pain, to curb their mental anguish? I'm not a scientist, but it seems like something that we should be focusing on or at least giving a try. I can't believe it's controversial these days to not want to throw pot smokers in jail with hardened criminals. I can't believe it's controversial to think that, hey, Maybe these people need rehabilitation. Maybe this addict on the side of the road doesn't need to be put in prison where they can easily still have access to drugs and go through even more trauma to make them even more likely to commit offenses. Ending the war on drugs is something that the Democrats talk a lot about, but aren't really doing. 
Ending the war on drugs is something that Republicans sometimes refuse to talk about because it makes you sound like a Democrat. So neither major party is really doing anything substantial to stop the opioid epidemic or to end the war on drugs. What we can do is focus on libertarian candidates like Larry Sharp, who have been talking about this for years, literally years. This is not something that's new to him. That's not something that's new to libertarians or the LP in general. Well, what are the alternatives to the war on drugs? Well, we can decriminalize, we can legalize, we can provide counseling services and rehabilitation services, but keeping things illegal, creating black markets, making it so that addicts can't get adequate help is not the answer. But Larry, these drugs, these drugs are bad. This is a common thing I get all the time. How can you end the war on drugs, Larry? My daughter or my son died from drugs. Be very clear. My mother was an addict. My mother was an addict. My mother was a convicted felon. So I know. And my father, believe it or not, was a corrections officer at Rikers Island. So I know both sides of the story. So you can't tell me that all of a sudden, you know, I don't understand this. I do know this. And I know friends who've committed suicide. Of course. I'm a veteran. I know these things, right? Of course I do. So someone says, well, Larry, you know, my, my daughter or my son died of drugs. No, the drugs didn't kill your daughter or son. The war on drugs did. You want to be angry at, at your son or your daughter, or your cousin, your niece dying? Be mad at the last eight presidents. Be mad at them. They killed your daughter.